What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Next Level Freedom Church podcast. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church in Jackson, Missouri. If you're seeking a church family that can help you grow in your relationship with Christ, or maybe you just want to check us out online, be sure to check out our website, www.nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. I hope today's episode will inspire you and encourage you as you fulfill the destiny God has for your life and fulfill your divine purpose in God's master plan. Thanks for tuning in. God bless. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Through the Book, where we have been going through the book of Mark here on the air. And remember, if you haven't caught any other episodes, that the point of Through the Book is to actually get to the context of God's Word. If you remember in our previous episode, actually the previous two episodes, we covered four big questions. I'm not going to go over those again today. I want you to just feel free to go back and check out the last two videos if you are curious of what they were. But we began talking about how Jesus' popularity has been growing with the crowds, but we've also talked about the fact that it's growing with the critics. So the Pharisees, they remember the last time when we ended, they were looking for a way to kill him. They were ready to get rid of him. And you're going to see more of that here today, because today we're going to be actually covering, here in episode 7 of Through the Book, we're going to be covering verses 7 through 19 of chapter 3 of Mark, and we're going to actually get to the call of the disciples, the, the original 12 that you most people know about, or have heard about through the Word. But remember, there was crowds of people always following Jesus, so there was probably several more disciples than that. But those 12 in particular were picked out by Jesus himself, and we're going to get into that a little bit here today. Let's go ahead and jump right into the Word. Uh, I don't plan to be here long tonight, but let's just go ahead and see what God has to say for us. There in Mark chapter 3, starting in verse 7, it says, Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the lake, and a large crowd from Galilee followed when they heard about all he was doing, many people came to him from Judea, Jerusalem, Idumea, and regions across the Jordan and around Tyre and Sidon. Because of the crowd, he told his disciples to have a small boat ready for him to keep the people from crowding him. For he had healed many so that those with diseases were pushing forward to touch him. We're going to stop right there and just talk about those few verses there for a second. If you notice here, we've, we're starting to notice Jesus has retreated to the sea. Because if you remember in the previous verses that were right before this, that was when the Pharisees were plotting with the Herodians to figure out a way to kill Jesus. So Jesus has now withdrew himself with his disciples to the sea. So he's retreating to the sea. His popularity is still growing and crowds of people are following him. But check this out. If you notice when you read there in verse 10, now people are waiting for his touch. He's actually got people that are throwing themselves at him. Because you read right there in verse 10, it says, So that those with diseases were pushing forward to touch him. They were forcing their way just to touch Jesus, because he had done so many things. And we've talked about it in previous episodes, the fact that the Jews believed that only God could do miracles. So the miracles that Jesus is performing here should have been evidence enough to say, hey, 
He is who he says he is. But remember, the Pharisees at this point, they've gotten a little bit ticked at him. So the teachers of the law are concerned with cheap... I'm sorry. The teachers of the law are concerned with Jesus' popularity because he is threatening to undermine their leverage with the crowd. And we talked about that a little bit in our previous episode when we talked about the fact that he was stealing their thunder. They couldn't control the crowds anymore because everybody was flocking to this Jesus character. And we also talked about in the previous episode, which I don't want to get back into too much, but we talked about the fact that they had all these rules that they had added on top of God's laws and rules because they wanted people to stay lower and know their place. And they wanted to feel above and mighty. And Jesus has given them several opportunities to repent from that attitude. And we recognized at the end of our last episode that they've reached a point that they don't care anymore. They don't care about the message. They don't care what he's teaching. Right now, they just want him gone. So they're trying to plot with the Herodians on how to kill Jesus, which later we know ends in a crucifixion. But recognize here as well, though, that the crowds are more interested in what he's doing than what he's saying. Because the crowds are more interested in the miracles. They're more interested in getting themselves healed than they're really interested in what Jesus is teaching. They're about the miracles. But the hope is that when he's teaching is that those that are listening are actually capturing and he is feeding them God's word. So we want to continue reading there in verses 11 and 12 because it wasn't just the people that were getting concerned. Check out verse 11, and we've talked about this before in previous episodes, but check this out. Whenever the impure spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. But he gave them strict orders not to tell others about him. The demons, once again, and we talked a little bit about this before, they were confessing Jesus as the Son of God. Now, part of that, you know, in this society, we look at it as possibly fear. In that particular verse, when it's talking about them, Mark isn't really concerned with the crowd's reaction to these demons speaking through these people. He's more concerned with the secrecy and Jesus telling them, Hey, don't tell anybody who I am. Shut your mouths. And you got to remember, though, that the original readers would not have seen the demons as paying him homage, but were attempting to control him by pronouncing his divine name, hoping to delay his deliverance of the persons in their clutches. So the demons were trying to delay the inevitable. They didn't want to have to leave the people they were possessing, so they were calling him out by name, hoping it would delay that. So people that originally read this wouldn't have seen it as them just telling everybody who he was, but rather they were attempting to control Jesus' reaction. But remember, Jesus isn't intimidated by stuff like that. And Jesus casts them out, but he also gives them strict orders not to tell anybody who he is. And that's the key that Mark is trying to focus here in these particular passages. Because if you and me read that, I mean, literally, I mean, if you read the Bible like I do, I'm thinking, what's, you know, the crowd are standing around watching these people screaming. What are they actually thinking? Are these demons that are screaming out through these people? But that's not the focus here, Mark. Mark's not concerned about that. Mark's concerned about the secrecy and them not revealing 
who he is. Now, one other thing I want to talk about here is in verse 12 where it says he gave them strict orders not to tell who he was. I just want you to know that that is too mild of a translation. That is the NIV's translation there. The word there is usually translated as rebuke in our English versions of the Bible, but even that word doesn't actually accurately capture its meaning. Jesus basically overmasters them. He expels them and he silences them with one word. Either way, Jesus is silencing the demons and Mark is getting across the fact that Jesus has power even over the demonic. Moving on here, we're going to get into the called 12. Let's talk about this for just a minute. Starting there in verse 13 where we left off, it says, Jesus went up on the mountainside and called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. And he appointed twelve that they might be with him and that, they might see, that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. Right there, I'm going to stop right there real briefly because the next verses, which we're going to conclude with here tonight, gets into the names of those twelve that he had selected. But we also notice that there's a scene change here. We went from the sea now and now we're going up to the mountainside. And... Jesus is calling out 12 individuals in particularly to follow him. This call creates a distinction. See, it separates the crowds. Check this out. This call creates a distinction between those who follow after him desperately, those that are seeking healing, and those who are only caught up in the spectacle of these strange events, and those who are summoned to follow after him as disciples with a particular task. So remember, there's four types of people that is talking about there that were actually following him. And these 12 discern and separate out those that are actually going to be destined to follow after his footsteps and to accomplish a task which was spreading it across the world. But check it out. The four people we talked about, in case you missed it, is those that are seek, following after him desperately. They're desperately needing something from him. Those that are seeking a healing and those who are only caught up in the spectacle of strange spectacle of strange events in other words following the magic show or you know following just to see these miracles happening there's those that are following for that reason and then there's those that are legitly following him with a purpose or a particular task and those are the 12 he's getting ready to call out the the translation there is in verse 14 is that he Jesus appointed 12 the verb here means to make or to create. The same word that was used when Moses was appointed by God to deliver Israel. Aaron was appointed priest. It's the same word there that's being translated. The initiative of creating and naming 12 belongs to Jesus. So similarly, where Moses, the task of freeing Israel belonged to Moses, Jesus himself is the only one who can call out these 12 because he has a particular task for him. But also, I want you to take note that there are 12. And if you study up with your scriptures, you know that there are 12 tribes of Israel. And that these 12 are a symbolic of the 12 tribes of Israel. And Jesus stands over them as a leader. So it's symbolic, everything that's going on here that Jesus, he does things for a reason. So it's a symbolic meaning that Jesus is the leader even of the 12 tribes. 
So these 12 are following after him. In the next part there, verse 16 through 19, to finish up our reading, we're going to get into the names of those disciples, and then we're going to talk a little bit more about their particular calling, and then we're going to get out of here. It says in verse 16, These are the 12 he appointed, Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, if you remember that's translated rock, Jesus gave him that name, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, to them he gave the name, which means sons of thunder. So Jesus named them sons of thunder. And then it mentions there real briefly, we got Andrew, we got Philip, we got Bartholomew, we got Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon, the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. And I want to point out that Jesus did not name Judas the betrayer. That name was given him by the church, not by Jesus. Jesus had called him out knowing that he would eventually betray him. You know he did if he was God. He knew this. But Jesus once again has a purpose and he tries to give everybody a chance to repent. Even the Pharisees, those that are persecuting him, so much. So what's up with these 12? The 12 are selected to be with Jesus, to share in his toils of the ministry, follow his lead, deal with harassment of the crowds, and suffer the same fate. Because once again, they all of the 12, except for John, died horrendous deaths. They died, you know, deaths, whether it was crucifixion, whether it was beheading like Paul. All these people that followed Jesus, they died those deaths. So, in essence, they're following exactly Jesus' lead. So everything Jesus is getting ready to face, they're going to have to face too. They're going to have to face the crowds. They're going to have to deal with the harassment. They're going to have to follow his lead because he's training them to be able to take over when he's gone. Because Jesus knows he's got a limited time here. And once he's gone, there's going to have to be somebody to carry out that message. But I still want to point out, as I've pointed out, I believe, in other shows, that it all started with one man, and his name was Jesus. And then he appointed twelve. And those twelve took the message to the world, along with some other disciples that were possibly following him as well. But these twelve are the ones that are actually listed by name. Also, I want you to notice that it talked about, right up there in verse uh, 15, right before we got into the names, it was talking about to have authority to drive out demons. And also, he was going to send them out to preach from the previous verse. So, they were going to be following his footsteps. So, God requires human cooperation to touch, enlighten, and heal others. Now, obviously, God can do whatever he wants, but... He uses humans to accomplish his task, is the important thing to notice there. Fulfill the commission of preaching and casting out demons. He's using humans to do that. Jesus has selected these 12 in particular for that task. And they channel the power of God to touch others. They were able to heal. They were able to eventually cast out demons. We did hear stories where they couldn't quite do it, but we'll get into those later. But they are not the only ones that can channel God's power. They are unique because they get to be with Jesus. They got to sit with him. It was like Jesus and them hanging around the campfire. Can you imagine some of the discussions that Jesus would have had with these disciples? And I often wonder to myself, what did they talk about when they're off time, when the crowds were away or sleeping or whatever, and they were just sitting with Jesus around the campfire, just talking? What did they talk about? 
I imagine Jesus was handing out wisdom. I imagine, you know, he was a man, so I'm sure they joked about things. But, you know, sometimes I often wonder that because you got to realize Jesus was human too. When he was God, 100% God, 100% human, we can't explain it, but that's how it works. So, next time when you start thinking about, you know, this type of stuff, just think, you know, when you're reading your scripture, what did these guys talk about? Why did Jesus select them? Because he wanted to make a personal relationship with them so that they would be able to carry on once he's gone. So Jesus was preparing the way for after him. So he was going to sow into these guys. He was going to help them for three, three and a half years. And then they were going to be willing to take the reins and move after the resurrection. But we won't get into that till later. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. That's where I want to stop today. So he's chosen 12 men. And when he listed them by name, there in verses 16 through 19, we won't go back over that. But just remember that Jesus, he was a celebrity of sorts. So the ones that got to follow him closest, I'm sure learned a lot from what he had to say. Next time we will continue our study with the book of Mark. But until then, this is Trent Cruz saying God bless.